When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. More sleeps till a big matchup Friday night on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Your 6-3 Edmonton Eskimos, two points out of first place in the Western Division, will take on, oh, the first place team in the Western Division by the name of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You've heard of them. They're pretty good. Well, they don't have Matt Nichols right now. They don't have him for a while. Chris Trevler is going to start. Third start against the Eskimos out of five starts in his CFL career. That game is at 5.30. As far as countdown to kickoff is concerned with Morley Scott, yours truly, Blake Dermott. And then 7 o'clock is the kickoff on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Brendan Escott will join us on the Eskimo sideline. So we're going to talk a lot about uh, the game here tonight, this half hour, next hour, or the next half hour, we'll be joined by Justin Dunk from Three Down Nation, and uh, he's a CFL uh, contributor for Sportsnet as well. So we'll set this up. We'll talk uh, also some other uh, some other items, like all the quarterback injuries, and ask Justin which, uh, which quarterback has impressed him the most, who has uh, stepped in for the number one quarterback, and XFL, ooh, wow, some crazy names. Some crazy names out there. And I'm wondering, why are seven of eight teams uh, going to be in NFL cities? Maybe I should have known this before. Maybe I did, and I just put it on the back burner. But seven of eight teams are going to be in NFL cities. The exception will be the St. Louis franchise. So we'll talk about that later. Did you see Aaron Rodgers show up at the Winnipeg airport? Seen pictures on Twitter. The Green Bay Packers released like a three-second video of uh, Aaron Rodgers coming into the Winnipeg airport uh, <laughs> sporting what's been labeled now as a Canadian tuxedo. Aaron Rodgers with his little jacket and the the cowboy necktie and this mustache that's out of the 80s. I mean, it was an in-style when, you know, BTO was topping the charts back in 1970-whatever, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> I find it funny that it's been labeled a Canadian tuxedo. So <laughs> he was missing the flannel. That's it. That's the, that's the one thing he was missing. He was missing like a flannel overcoat. But that's yeah, it. that's yeah. it. So anyway, he probably went into the Winnipeg airport and said, this airport's small. It's pretty small. Yeah. Winnipeg has an airport? They do. It's actually a nice airport now. Oh, okay. Yeah, it used to be like a bus station. You know, kind of Regina's like a that, bus That's an old now. hockey joke from last season anyway, Dave. Yeah, so. Right, yeah. yeah there okay. we go. Winnipeg has go. an airport? What? Yeah. Well, you know, I think Hamilton probably has the worst airport I've ever been to. Really? It's, ugh. It's, I, I don't think they have done anything as far as renovations on that place for a long, long time. I've only been there once, and 
I hope never to be there again. But are, <laughs> are we talking like off boarding on the tarmac and into like a little bus shelter for a? Um, yeah, I mean it, it, it's pretty small. Let's just say that it's pretty small. Because I'd, I've done that a couple times out in Abbotsford, but yeah. that's just because Abbotsford's a small airport. But yeah. I love flying into Abbotsford. It's a great, great, great place. So. Well, and I bet you have more flight options than like in Hamilton. If you want to get there at noon and get up like at three in the morning to get there for noon, you can do that. Or if you want to get there by midnight, you could start. You know your your journeys around four in the afternoon or two in the afternoon and lay over in Calgary for four hours. Yikes! No, we never do that. Fly to Toronto, rent a car, drive. That's easy. It's uh, a little bit of effort, but a lot less effort than showing up at midnight or you know, or at noon and go on this crazy, um, crazy flight pattern. Or and you guys are still do your trip to Hamilton this year, right? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. It's going to be the long trip actually, because uh, the Eskimos are staying out after the Ottawa game. Okay, that's uh, what date would that be? Twenty eighth. And then they play uh, in uh, in Hamilton on the fourth. So the Eskimos are staying out there, and so this well, is late yeah. September, early October, yeah, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So they play two games in six days. So, Ooh. so that's what's happening there. So too much uh, too much uh, scratch to fly back and and go back out east. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, the Eskimos are home. They're yes. home on Friday. Looking forward to a big game. It's going to be a big game, Kellen Kennedy. Be a massive game. It's military appreciation night, Davey. It is, and we'll we'll talk about that. Good ticket deals to get a member of the military. Bobbleheads. Bobbleheads. Trevor Harris. Bobbleheads. What? It's a big game. It's a big game, right, Larry Dean? Middle linebacker, Edmonton Eskimos. It's a big game, right? Right? Like we say, man, I stay far away from that, that media and, and the thing. I, you know, I respect y'all and what y'all do. Y'all have a job to do, but I don't read I don't read the hype, man. You know, I don't believe in it. You know what I'm saying? We just have another opportunity, and we're going to put our best foot forward every opportunity we have and just relish in the moment. Oh. Okay. <sighs> it's Wednesday, Dave. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Nah, no, no, it's still a big game. It's yes. still a it's a very big game. Very big game. Trevor Harris, big game, right? Big, big game, Trevor Harris. Maybe, you know, the West versus West makes it bigger, but uh, I'd be lying to say, like, I'm going to treat this as a as a bigger game. And, you know, okay. I'm not going to treat any game differently. I played, I play every regular season game like just like I prepare for the Grey Cup, and that's exactly how I approach things just because I'm going to give my best every single day. You know, I wake up every single morning. I'm grateful to be the quarterback here, and I've been blessed to, to be the quarterback for this organization and city, and I never take it lightly. And what I mean by that is I'm never going to give you less than my full effort. Okay, there it is. It's the football speak, but, Kellen, you're right, mm-hmm. because when it's game day and the juices flow and you see the opponent you faced on June 27th and you were not very good against as far as putting the ball in the end zone, you were not very good as far as keeping the other team out of your end zone, even though you had a pretty good day limiting their yardage, you had a pretty good day racking up yardage, well, what matters the most is the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. And they lost by a score of 28-21 in Winnipeg against the Bombers. So if the Eskimos win on Friday, they get a share of first place. They're tied for first place. Right. If and they, don't forget they, there's also that point differential as well, too, right? That's right. So the Bombers won by seven. Eskimos win by eight or more. Then they win the season series. So mm-hmm. they get a key tiebreaker later on. But we always hear this speak. What what 1-0. We want to go 1-0 this week. The, the next important game is the one that is on your schedule upcoming 
And, you know, obviously this is a huge one. I think Jason Moss has said it. Yeah, we still want to focus on 1-0, but we know this, this one means a little bit extra. But Trevor Harris, what is focusing on on one and zero really mean? No, it doesn't, and uh, it hasn't been that way, you know. But Coach Moss and Brock do a great job of the guys being a part of the culture and buying into the culture and who we are and what we're trying to do, what we're trying to accomplish, and together, you know. Our, our goals are even further back than 1-0 at this point. We want to have a great day three night of preparing, you know, no, getting to know our ready list, getting to know their defense better, our defense getting to know their tendencies better, all that kind of stuff. And we just want to have a great day four tomorrow. It's just about the small things that we can do to be 1-0. And so we say we want to be 1-0, but that just that just means we want to be here in the now. And so our focus today was to have a great day three practice. Yeah, the beginning of that clip, Trevor Harris basically referencing that not every team focuses that – you know, minutely, I guess you could call it, or, or that narrowly, that it's 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. Because I'll guarantee you if you say, well, you're playing Winnipeg, and then you have the Labor Day series, and then you got Hamilton, Ottawa, Hamilton, your next six games, and I would say five of those six games are, that I mentioned um, are really important games, obviously. And the answer you're going to get back from them is we don't care about what happens other than what happens on Friday, and that is we're going to play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They would say that if they were playing the Toronto Argos again. They would say that if they're playing the Stampeders. So not every team looks at it that way, even though they know what the schedule is. I mean, they, they'll tell you, I don't know what the schedule is. Yeah, you know. You just Your focus is on your next game, and the next game is Friday against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So as far as the Eskimos are concerned, uh, they, of course, they won't have Tommy Drayheim in the lineup as their left tackle. He's on the six-game injured list. So that means uh, likely Kyle Saxon will step in, the rookie to play uh, left tackle for his first-ever CFL start. He has started a couple of games at guard, I believe at both guard spots. Um, and also Calvin McCarty looks like he's poised to return at running back, or at fullback, that is, uh, next to C.J. Gable. There's a bit of concern about Josh Johnson, who's been in the uh, secondary, um, playing really well right now. Is at a halfback spot on the, uh, on the uh, strong side of the field. There's a bit of concern there, but we'll have to see tomorrow when the roster and depth chart are released. So. But overall, this is a pretty healthy group. Matt O'Donnell is practicing, but he won't play. They, they're not going to burn up those five games on the six-game injury list if they don't have to. They'll, they'll take the cap savings there and move on. So Labor Day looks like a possibility. Oh, Andrew Harris of the Bombers. He's been an Eskimo nemesis for the last eight seasons, eight years, going back to his days as a member of the BC Lions. He banged his arm in practice yesterday, left early, didn't practice today. On the coaches show on our sister station, CJOB, 680 CJOB, in Winnipeg, Bob Irving, the legendary voice of the Bombers, asked Mike O'Shea, the head coach of the Bombers, about Andrew Harris. Mike O'Shea, I know there was some concern about Andrew Harris when he uh, banged his arm in practice yesterday. What can you tell us about his status for the, uh, Friday night? Yeah, I, you know, it looks good to me. He's, I'm sure he'll be ready to go. So no concerns about him missing? I'm not concerned about that, no. We got all these guys injured: Jackson, Jeff Coat, Craig Rowe, Matt Nichols, Darvin Adams, Pat Newfeld. I could go on and on. Do you feel you're going in there a little undermanned? <laughs> no, not at all. 
Uh, you don't think that way, do you? No, I, I, I like the opportunities that guys get. I like seeing the fire in these young guys' eyes, and I like seeing them respond. And I like the, I like the fact that we have believed in our depth for a number of years, not just this year. And I think we we get guys that are going to step up and do the job, and and that's what's expected of them. That's what they expect out of themselves too. They want to, you know, go back to that idea. They want to honor their teammates. So. Andrew Harris looks good to go for Friday. Eskimo's been a linebacker, Larry Dean, not surprised. Nah, a guy that's been around this long, man, I'm sure he has competitive juices. You know, I don't, I don't really try to read the reports. I stay away from all that type of stuff, see what happens when we step on the field. You can text in at 630-630. Daniel from Cochrane says, sounds like the Eskimos are very mature this season, focusing on one game at a time and one thing at a time. And I think that's it. Is They always have been focused on, or have said they uh, have been focused on. I mean, last year you could, you know, you could say that they weren't focused enough within the game, especially in the second half of the season. But uh, most teams do say one game at a time. But they do seem to really focus on one moment at a time so the mo- what was the most important thing about uh this week today you know Trevor Harris said day three practice so tomorrow will be the walkthrough that's the most important thing and then you get to the game and obviously that's the most important thing so uh it's hard to do but uh, this team I think has made it a habit and what do they say you know Habits become routine after a while and there you go it just becomes natural so this is what they're doing so Looking forward to the big game coming up on Friday on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium, the Winnipeg Blue Bomb. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And the Edmonton Eskimos, 5.30 is countdown to kickoff. 7 o'clock is the kickoff on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. When we come back, remember we talked about Derek Broussard yesterday? Is he coming to the Oilers? Eh, well, we'll talk about that in a moment. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Welcome back to the show. Should mention Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins, who is fringing this week, doing his volunteer duties, having fun. So he'll be back on Monday on the big show. Seeing a lot of good shows, I hope. Maybe in between. I'll talk with him on Monday and we'll find out what he's seen and what he likes. Knowing Wilkie, I'm sure he has made time for that. Absolutely. So last night on the show, you remember, Kellen, we were talking about, oh, George LaRock has said on his Twitter account that uh, Derek Broussard's coming to the Oilers. One-year deal. Great great deal. And we're like, okay, not that George isn't (laughs) wrong or not, you know, or isn't credible, but he is... Still, George the Rock. We still like you, George. But we still love you, but sometimes the info is a little spotty. So we said, we'll see. You know, is he someone that can come in and help the Oilers in their center depth? Sure. Second power play, sure. Uh, so that's gonna... Been there, done that. That was a good ditty there. Yeah. Whoops. Okay. <laughs> Fault. Anyway, no. Uh, to throw a tennis term in there. Anyway, but yeah. 
Derek Broussard is not coming to the Oilers. He is going to the New York Islanders. One-year deal, $1.2 million, according to the Athletics' Arthur Stape, uh, Staple. That's, that's a good contract. 1.2? I mean, I think if the Oilers would have signed him for that, that would have mm-hmm. been great. But um, he would have been a fit here, no question. But the uh, question was, would Derek Broussard want to come west? And he was traded to the Avalanche in, uh, I believe, just before the trade deadline. He was with the Penguins, and then he got traded to the Panthers. And then the Panthers dumped him to the Colorado Avalanche mm-hmm. and didn't have a great year last year. And there's no guarantee that he wouldn't be on a third or fourth line coming out of uh, training camp either because no. of look at all the third and fourth liners we've got signed already yeah. <laughs> coming into training camp. So No, exactly. So uh, it just goes to show, uh, you know, don't believe everything you see, read, hear, you know. Just... But it's that time of year, you know. Like we mentioned last night, it's the time of year where we're going to get some strange names and strange places because of the PTOs or, yep. uh, you know, this is like if you were playing the old NHL EA Sports video game, this is where you'd be <laughs> scraping the bottom of the free agent barrel and signing guys to yeah. make your roster, right? So, And, and if you look at the uh, free agent list or the UFA list that's still out there, and yes, there's RFAs, but no one's going to touch them at, the, at this point. No one's going to make an offer sheet at this point for Mitch Marner. No one's going to make an offer sheet for Kyle Connor or for Brock Besser. Or, you know, I believe Line A is is Line Line A is a free agent too, is he not? Or has he got one year left? I'm trying to remember. I think he's got one I year can't left. Remember. He's got one year left, I believe. Um, now that I think about it, but the UFA list, there's some names on there. There are some names, like you know. Jake Gardner. I mean, I just use him as an example, but this was a serviceable defenseman, and I know he's <laughs> playoff performance. It kind of leaks oil, especially in Game Sevens. But you know, a player like that, he's still out there. There's lots of players that are out there that are still um, finding work, and like a Mitch Marner who said, "Maybe I'll go to Switzerland," even though he's an RFA player. You wonder if that's an option that these players take as well but there's been a lot of there's been a lot of players that have just been sitting out there and and it makes you wonder why you know so and we also have some players that are signed and that stuff already making their way to this uh you know their new home cities or their yeah. home cities i saw on twitter today that gitan haas yep is on uh, on his way to edmonton yep. he was at the airport in Switzerland somewhere yeah. Yeah, <laughs> on his way over, I guess. He's a possibility, too, for that third-line center role. Well, that, that might be a really big step up for him. I also got to remember, too, the cap didn't go up. So I think a lot of teams were like, ah, no, we're, no, we're, we're not really sure of our cap. But I can imagine there might be a, a flurry of sightings coming up in the next few weeks here. And mm-hmm. Stay tuned. PTOs as well. By the way, Bill Garrett has his first general manager spot. That's with the Minnesota Wild after spending five years as uh, an assistant general manager with the uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Also worked three years in player development prior to that. Davey, they finally got their high-speed, high-priced, uh, high-scoring winger that they need. <laughs> oh, that's a GM. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. He's going to try and sign that player. We'll see how he does. News is next from the 630 Chess 24-Hour News Center with Thomas Dyes. We have some CFL talk coming up with a good guy, and a guy who knows his CFL stuff. That's Justin Dunk of Sportsnet and Three Down Nation. Campbell in for Wilkins. Wednesday evening edition of 630 Chet Inside Sports. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 
Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. 6.33, welcome back to the show. Inside Sports on a Wednesday evening. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Reed will be back on Monday. The uh, Edmonton Stingers, we'll talk about the Stingers in about an hour from now with Steve Sir, Director of Player Personnel as the Stingers uh, in the inaugural season of the CEBL are heading to Saskatoon for Championship Weekend. They'll play a semifinal against the Saskatchewan Rattlers and we'll talk about uh, just what a pretty positive year it's been and it's been a great environment down at the expo center which is not necessarily the best environment best venue but boy the stingers have done a great job making it making the hive just an incredible venue great energy a lot of fun so congrats to the stingers on that yeah it went from oh they're playing there to wow look at what they're doing over there in like four or five games that's incredible let's go to the hive i'm going to definitely hit up a game next season i missed a game this year and i didn't get a chance to go out to any other game and that's up but i want to check out a live game there next year in 2020 for sure yeah very cool uh blue jays by the way they're in action in major league baseball play tonight they're in la to play the dodgers try to win their uh second game of this series uh second straight game of this series as they took the opener last night but uh we got a big matchup coming up as the games uh are going to start to get much more important and much bigger the eskimos have hit the halfway point. Uh, most teams have. Some teams haven't. The Eskimos will take on the Bombers this Friday. 5.30 is countdown to kickoff. 7 o'clock is the kickoff on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. To talk about uh, that game. Other CFL news as well. Uh, always great to be uh, joined on the show by Justin Dunk, contributor for uh, Three Down Nation and also for Sportsnet. Justin, nice to have you back on uh, Inside Sports. How you doing, my friend? I'm well. What about you guys? Uh, we're doing great. Hey, we're looking forward to uh, a, a big-time matchup on Friday, and I know the players players and the coaches are going to downplay it. The marketing department isn't, though. I tell you, the Eskimos are really pumping this game up. It's military appreciation night. They all, Everyone knows this is a battle for first place, and it uh, should be a fun matchup. It really should, and when you consider how the Bombers are sort of limping into this one with Chris Trevler taking the reins at quarterback, and Andrew Harris wasn't at practice today in Winnipeg. Sorry, I should say he practiced, but didn't seem like it was full out. And his status seems like it could be up and down, but I would bet that Harris plays. And going in against the best defense, I think, in the league right now with the Eskimos is very intriguing. So with Chris Trevler, because I think even going into this season, if if you were to look at who, you know, who's the best up-and-coming quarterback or who would you like to start a season with in 2020 as far as a backup goes? And this is before we saw a lot of backups because of a lot of quarterback injuries to starters. Chris Strevler was the guy that topped, I think, most people's lists. Now that he is the man going under center on Friday, full-time as the starting quarterback of the Bombers, I kind of sense, Justin, there's a lot of, <gasps> uh, okay, we'll see how this goes now. There is that sense around Winnipeg, which is interesting considering there was a lot made about Matt Nichols' play and maybe not having the yardage numbers. He hasn't thrown for over 300 yards in a game before he suffered that shoulder injury. And people in Winnipeg were getting worried about it, and there were some that wanted to see Chris Trevler. And now that he's in there, as you said, it seems like there is a sense of nervousness among the Bombers fans. But as you mentioned, it was a guy that 
Strebler came into the league last year, was thrust right into the starting role, went one and two, and that first game did end up being against Edmonton and for all intents and purposes looked really good as a rookie starting his first career game ever in the CFL, not just dressing, but as a starter. And we'll see now as the guy with a lot of other pieces around him in Winnipeg, if he can get it done and bump up that potential free agent value or even draw some NFL interest. You know, the the, the description you hear about Chris Drevler is, and even his own team has said this, like Adam Big Hill said this on Monday, I believe, he's a, he's a running back that can throw the football. You know, so, and we've heard that comparison so much. We know he has got good running ability. There seems to be the question about his consistent passing ability. But do you, do you see the playbook changing dramatically for Chris Trevler? He has had some packages, so I wouldn't see it being much different. The difference being that he obviously hasn't proven himself as a thrower in the CFL. We've seen what he can do as a runner and in those packages that Paul Apolis has put him in the game for here and there and sprinkled him in and around Matt Nichols, but he's going to have to prove that he can beat you from the pocket because being just a running quarterback Mm -hmm. isn't going to be able to get it done, as you all know in this league. Well, when you look at the Eskimos, are you surprised? Are are they kind of performing at the level that you thought they would? Because let's face it, we all know it's, it's a ton of change. Um, and yet this is a 6-3 and three football team. That's right. It should be said that, you know, there was a lot of people in Edmonton who were worried, who thought the franchise might never potentially compete when Mike Riley left town. But you have to give full credit to Brock Sunderland, the general manager, for what he did in going with Trevor Harris, which he was able to save some money, still get who I feel Trevor Harris is an elite quarterback in the CFL, and then put a lot of other pieces around him. What he did coming out of free agency, I really felt like the Eskimos were under the radar. Harris had played in Jason Moss's scheme, so he was familiar with it. Then he goes out and adds playmakers around him, like, let's say, Davaris Daniels, brings in Greg Ellingson, who was very familiar to Harris, and then beefed up the defensive side of the football. And even though a guy like Jovan Santos Knox hasn't made an impact since he's been signed as a free agent. The rest of that defense has come together and played aggressively under Philip Lawley, which I think is the biggest factor for the Eskimos changing the complexion of their team in 2019. Two numbers that, that really come to the forefront, and, that, and you know they've had so many sacks this year as a defense, so they're getting close to 30. I think they might be at 30. Um, and then only three sacks allowed with three offensive linemen, three very good offensive linemen not in their lineup, and, and that includes Sir Vincent Rogers and Matt O'Donnell. Exactly, and I think that speaks to what Trevor Harris does in terms of looking over the defense, dissecting it, and getting rid of the football quickly. The offensive line still has done a great job, and they have taken some shots down the field, but I really do feel like it's a combination, and you wonder that, hey, when those guys you mentioned, like Sir Vincent Rogers or Matt O'Donnell, get healthy and are back in there, could this offense be even better mm-hmm. than what we're seeing right now? And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you look at the 6-3 and three record, look at, look who they've beaten. They've beaten the Lions twice. They've beaten the uh, the Yargos twice. The, the Alouettes, uh, they caught them in week one when they probably were not even close to being at the level they are at now. Oh, boy, the next four games, this could really tell the story here, Justin. It, it really could. But, I mean, in the same sense, you play who you play, and the 6-3 and three record is still impressive. But you're going to get into, as you are alluding to, the heart of that 
West Division heavy schedule in the back nine, let's say, of the CFL season, and especially those back-to-back games against the Calgary team that seems like after the bye should have believed on Mitchell back. We're joined by Justin Dunk of Three Down Nation and Sportsnet here, chatting some CFL on 6.30 Chet Inside Sports. Uh, Eskimos and Bombers uh, will battle Friday night on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. 7 o'clock is the kickoff, 5.30 is countdown to kickoff right here on 6.30 Chet. So we're basically at the halfway point of the season, Justin. What has really... What are the storylines? Maybe you know the top two, top three storylines that have really uh, you know kind of kind of resonated with you so far this season. For me, it's one that goes hand in hand. It's the injuries to the quarterbacks, and I feel like it's difficult to even explain how that happens. It's just some bad luck, and then some of the backups who have stepped up, in particular. Cody Fajardo out in Saskatchewan. When he was signed in free agency, a lot of people questioned the move in Rideville. They wanted some other players like you know, Mike Riley, a bully by Mitchell, brought in there to be the starter. And even in the backup role, there was a lot of Riders fans that wanted John Jennings in there. And I think in hindsight, that move by Jeremy O'Day to go with Fajardo, a guy who he clearly saw something in, even though he had started the game in the CFL, has worked out very well. The same could be said for Nick Arbuckle in Calgary, even though the Stampeders had cut him and then brought him back. He's played himself into a favorable position if he does end up hitting the free agent market in 2020. So the backup stepping up and giving us potentially some new faces at the quarterback position for mm-hmm. the future is probably the top storyline for me. I mean, you look at Nick Arbuckle for the Stampeders. I know they're 5-4. and four. But I don't know if they're five and four because of Nick Arbuckle's play. I mean, he's been good. He has been good, but that you know that defense has been stout too, with Trey Roberson picking off passes and the way they've been able to get out for the quarterback. He's sort of, and I hesitate to throw the term out, but more of kind of game managed. He's not that gunslinger like a Bolivar Mitchell, obviously, but still those type of guys as we've seen and Dane Evans is one in Hamilton I've, I've seen up close and personal now since he's taken that role that's 2-1 and one and is sort of doing the same thing you know not being asked to make a lot of deep throws down the field just manage the game keep the offense on the field give the defense a little break and let the other two phases potentially win the game for you. Okay let's talk about the BC Lions and that's always uh uh, a very interesting subject around these parts, of course, because Mike Riley's there now. They're one in eight, Justin. First of all, I think we're pretty surprised they're one in eight. I didn't think they were going to be myself. I didn't think they were going to be a first place team. I didn't think they were going to be a one in eight team. Now, I'll ask you this Is this a result of, and I know this isn't the only thing or the only factor here, but is this a big factor that Ed Hervey? really mismanaged and really, um, when he looked at roster projections, really missed some marks here. And does that salary of Mike Riley really hampered him as far as constructing a, a competitive team uh, across the board here? Well, I don't think so, and I'll say this for a couple of reasons. Number one, yes, he is paying Mike Riley a lot of money, and that's maybe not going to allow you some flexibilities in other areas with the salary cap. But he invested a lot of money in the offensive line, by all accounts, from what I'm told, that unit in BC is the highest paid offensive line overall in the CFL. So he went out and got a franchise quarterback and then tried to protect him. I really think with BC, it's a lot of, sounds like cliches, but not finishing games. And more importantly, there's been some poor tackling yes. on that defense. And yes, they definitely need to get better on that side of the ball. Maybe that's where some of that money 
could have gone if they didn't sign Raleigh for $700,000. had another, another quarterback in there for four or 500000 But that really only means you're getting you know, one elite player potentially or two above-average players if you're going to look at the salary. So I just think overall it's about that team not finishing, defense being a poor tackling team. And to be honest, one of the things that hasn't been talked a lot league-wide about BC is that that coaching staff is young. Yes. We look at the talent on the rosters a lot of time, but we got to remember the chess game that's going on within the press boxes and down on the field between some experienced coaches that are going up against that Lions squad. They've been exposing them. Yeah, you can have some flyers or take some flyers on some young coaches, but when your coaching staff is predominantly young, you're, you're playing with fire big time. And um, we've seen too many times on the sideline there's a little bit of uh, infighting going on, and that's that's not good. That's right. I, I hate to say it, but... As you mentioned, you want to have a bit of a mix and sprinkle that. You know, Devon Claybrooks has been in the league for a long time, but it is his first time as a head coach. Now, he does have Rich Stubler out there, but the rest of that staff are all new in their positions and are very young, too. So it's not to say that they can't get it turned around, but to me, that's one clear aspect that maybe some people are missing about the Lions. Justin Dunk joins us from Three Down Nation and Sportsnet here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Uh, let's switch some. Uh, let's switch gears here. XFL announces their team names. We have the Dallas Renegades, the Houston Roughnecks, the LA Wildcats, New York Guardi- Guardians, St. Louis Battlehawks, Seattle Dragons, Tampa Bay Vipers, Washington Defenders. Creative. The, the logos are interesting. Actually, the, the Renegades franchise, that looks a lot like the Ottawa Renegades are pretty close to it. Uh, I kind of chuckled at that. I know Vince McMahon has money. I know he has a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money compared to the AAF, who, you know, their startup costs, they didn't realize, I guess, how much it was going to be to run a league. Uh, Vince McMahon's been through this, but seven of eight teams in this league are in NFL cities. Justin, is this, is this a ref- recipe for disaster again? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I I think people are skeptical of it, too, just because we witnessed what happened with the AAF, right? And it's easy to say, and you mentioned it, Vince McMahon does have a lot more money, and, you know, by no means am I a businessman or anything like that. But as you pointed out, when there's 78 teams that are in NFL cities and fans of those NFL teams are tied into it, not just during the regular season and the playoffs, but you know, 24-7, 365, what's going on with the draft and the combine and free agency in the offseason, they're focused on that. Yeah. So I just have a hard time seeing a league that plays by the exact same rules on the exact same field having staying power. But I guess we're going to find out. Well, and to me, it's just the American football fan, like you said, they, they haven't desired an alternative for the NFL. They, they never have. Uh, you know, these other leagues tell you that, but it's, it's been proven <laughs> over time. American fans don't care about anything other than the, than the NFL, and I know there's more that are interested in the CFL, but predominantly, give me NFL 365 days of the year. Thank you. That's right. And even the college fans down there, they follow those teams. And yeah. Spring games are going to be more well attended than these XFL games will be. And you mentioned the CFL. I think more and more, and we're seeing it in the site metrics on Three Down Nation, I'm sure other outlets across the country are too, that more and more Americans are starting to follow and gravitate towards the CFL because it is a unique game. There is a different strategy to it. And a lot of the top college players that don't make it in the NFL end up north of the border and playing up here in a legitimate league that has been around for over 100 years. Okay, final question. The uh, Packers and Raiders play tomorrow in Winnipeg. 
What do you think of the Canadian tuxedo that uh, that Aaron Rodgers is rocking today? What was more impressive, the tuxedo or his stash? <laughs> that is a difficult question. I just feel like Aaron Rodgers knows how to read the defense and deliver. So he shows up in Canada with the Canadian tuxedo. Knows people are going to love it. But whether or not he actually plays seems to be an entirely different question. Yeah. It might not matter, though, because he's rough in that tuck. Yeah, no no question. I think he's already given the the, uh, the Canadian moment for all uh, Canadian NFL fans, <laughs> that's for sure. Justin, as always, my friend, good to chat with you, okay? Keep, keep up the great work that you do. Thanks, man. Be well, Dave. You too. Justin Dunk of Three Down Nation and of Sportsnet. And if you uh, go check out the Canadian tuxedo and that mustache, wow impressive on both accounts. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Roadhammer says on... uh, our text line six thirty six thirty. Sydney, Nova Scotia is the smallest airport he's ever been to. Oh wow! I did not know that. Hey, there we go. Yeah, I remember being in Moncton, New Brunswick for the touchdown Atlanta game, the very first one when the Eskimos played the Argos, and the airport, uh, you know, small, but it's actually a very, very nice airport. I bring up uh, Moncton because touchdown Atlantic. Uh, what this is the third or fourth time they've been there? Uh, the Toronto Argos are playing the Montreal Alouettes, so. Ticket sales, not good. That's what happens when you overprice your tickets. Oh, which brings us to the NFL game in Winnipeg. Tickets, $75 to $340 before taxes and fees. Yeah, good luck. I mean, the upper deck sold out fast. Of course it would. Mm -hmm. And then there were some tickets that were slashed because of sponsorship deals and things like that. So, now the Bombers, I don't think they're putting on the game. I think they have some... Uh, sponsorship in it. It's an outside company that's putting on the game, yeah. That's right. So when they get a little bit of, you know, I think a little bit of, uh, um, what do you call it, poll as far as... Yeah, probably like the stadium yeah. rental fee and that stuff and, and maybe a few other things. Maybe to get a kind of concessions too or something. But yeah, yeah I, think the, I think the Bombers are happy to say, yeah. hey, you know, not our deal. <laughs> yeah, I think they are, yes. Uh, so the... Uh, as you mentioned, outside company, Canadian-based On Ice Entertainment Limited, and the Raiders put this game on. So the Bombers get a little bit of kickback for this as well, and mm. a little bit of control. I think there's a watch party at the Forks. Who's going to go to a watch party to watch a preseason football game that Aaron Rodgers might not play in? Antonio Brown apparently is on the trip. I don't know if he's found a helmet yet. But apparently he's in Winnipeg. Remember the watch parties they were having in Jurassic Park in Toronto <laughs> during the uh, Raptors uh, NBA championship run yeah. in the spring? Yeah. Think yeah. the opposite. Yeah, very <laughs> opposite. It'll be tumbleweeds. It'll be five people, and two of them will be named uh, Adam or something. Who knows? I don't know. The Raiders, by the way, they get the gate revenue, so I guess that makes them the home team. So we'll see if uh, there is actual Raider Nation in Winnipeg. How many – would any Oakland Raider fans make the trip to Winnipeg? The answer is probably a flat. No. I thought you were going to ask, are there any Oakland Raider fans in Winnipeg? And I was like, yeah. well, there, there probably are, but yeah. not a whole lot. <laughs> I, I would I would say there's probably more Seattle fans 
in Winnipeg. Seattle has a lot of... I would say probably more Minnesota Vikings fans than anything else. That's a good point. So they would not care either way about the ratings or definitely, or sorry, the Raiders or the Packers playing an exhibition game in Winnipeg. There's a few Packer fans up here because of the the green and gold. Mm Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, that's that. A lot of people say, "Hey, they're green and gold." The Eskimos are green and gold, even though our colors are better. Uh, and a lot of people gravitate to the Packers, right? And, and a lot of Seahawks fans are are here because that's the, a lot of we see a, almost every Seahawk game right. on television. So there you go. But uh, about twenty thousand are expected to go to the game tomorrow. I saw a picture of IG Field in the uh, in the configuration of an NFL field. Wow, mm-hmm. is it? I, I know the NFL field is smaller, but man. It is small. It is so confined. Unbelievable. So, I hope everyone enjoys tomorrow. I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy it. I hope the game on Friday. It's shaping up to be a good one. The Eskimos and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers share a first place on the line. Oh, we got a four-pack of tickets to give away right now. For we that do. Game. We do. Caller number, let's say caller number six at 496-0063. Number six. Number six, yes. News is next in the 6.30 Chet 24-Hour News Center. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Jake Neighbors of the Edmonton Oil Kings. He's had a busy, busy summer. Went to the Helenka Gretzky Tournament overseas. Was on the leadership team preparing now for training camp. Oil Kings will begin rookie camp next uh, week. And then a few days after that, main camp will begin. It's a Wednesday evening edition of 6.30 Chet Inside Sports. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.